Today on Locked on Steelers, we talk about our first look at Quan Alexander with the Steelers linebackers, Broderick Jones' first run with the first team, and how Joey Porter Jr. is doing against every single Steelers wide receiver because they're throwing everyone at him. That and more here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And it's now been four days of training camp, five if you count the move-in day, but four practices have happened and the Steelers have Monday off. But I want to talk to you guys first about the big move that happened over the weekend. I did a bonus episode on it. If you want to check that out with just my reaction to it, it's just my reaction to them signing Quan Alexander, who we talked about months ago in the spring, who they brought in for an interview. Nothing happened. Um, and I think there was a mix of two things there. If you're wondering why didn't this happen earlier, one, Quan Alexander might have been just seeing his options. Two, uh, the Steelers were probably also seeing what their options were because they wanted to see how everyone showed up for training camp at the linebacker position. But as we said all along, the Steelers' biggest weakness on this defense uh, would definitely be the off-ball linebacker position, at least on paper. And that's because they added Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts, two solid linebackers you could fill in the spot. But behind them, you had Mark Robinson, who was an unproven seventh-round pick in his second year, Nick Kwiatkowski, who they had just signed, Tanner Muse, and guys who didn't have the kind of experience that you want playing regularly at the linebacker position, which is an important position in the Steelers' defense that predicates itself on stopping the run to set up everything else. So they go and get Quan Alexander. Now, I've talked about Quan Alexander uh, a lot on this show because we've talked about the potential of signing a linebacker. And I've and if you've if you've remembered those, you'll probably understand where I'm at. He's not an, a fix-all type player who's going to cover everybody and now the linebackers are perfect, but he does give them a third option who can be a significant run stopper, be on the field a little bit more, and that way if Cole Holcomb or Landon Roberts need a break or they're hurt, they have another guy on the field. So they now have three linebackers who I think they can legitimately trust uh, in the position. Um, and I think it's interesting to hear from uh, both – uh, Quan Alexander himself and Mike Tomlin talking about him. Here was Quan Alexander when we got a chance to talk with him on Sunday, which was his first practice. He got out there pretty quickly, and uh, we got the chance to see like how ready he feels to be part of the Steelers' defense. Here's Quan. You feel like you're playing catch up a little bit just because you weren't here in OTAs in, in minicamp? I'm year nine, man. Most of the stuff really same, just different terminology. Uh, I just got to get back out here on the field, just practice those reps. And that should be straight. Is that why you were able to get out there in some team stuff? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I caught on. I caught on uh, real quick. You know, getting the reps made it a lot better. So once I get these practice reps on me, I'd be straight. What are you <laughs> wondering at all if you were going to get the call at this stage? Camp's already starting. Get the call is what? Sign somewhere. No, nah, I'm not worrying about that. I'm here. What are your early impressions of uh, Aaron Curry, linebackers coach? Oh yeah, he's cool, man. He know what he's talking about, man. I'm happy to be playing on him. You got here two days before they're going to put the pads on. You kind of eager to already show, like, you're by your second practice. Yeah, that's that's me, man. I ain't worrying about no <laughs> seven on seven and none of that. I put the pads on my hip. As you, can, as you can see, you can go watch film. Now, if you go watch film, you can see Quan Alexander can hit. I didn't, he, he didn't need to tell me that. But 
I think it's also another sign of what the, what type of linebacker the Steelers want. They recognize that, like, look, there are very few linebackers who can run and cover receivers and guys all over the field, but they want their linebackers to be able to be decent at that spot while also being able to primarily stuff the run, make sure that there's no gaps in the middle part of the defense, and then let the rest of the defense be the supreme playmakers here. Um I also thought it was interesting how Mike Tomlin talked about the addition of Quan Alexander, not specifically just about Quan, but just about the effort the Steelers have made to basically completely remake this linebacker room. Here was Mike Tomlin when we got to talk to him uh, early, uh, also on Sunday. Really excited about adding Quan Alexander to the group. Um, there's a you know a, a solid NFL player who, with a lot of in-game experience, and um, he's got both. Uh, experience, but at the same time, he's still, I think, 28 years old. And I think competition is an awesome thing. Uh, we don't have any preconceived notions about a role. Uh, we got some very capable guys at that position. Uh, we'll put them in an environment like this and let them sort themselves out. Uh, just really excited about the, the redevelopment of that positional room with E. Roberts and, and Cole and now him. Um, pretty cool thing. We'll just keep working those guys and and allowing those guys to, to show what they're capable of. The, the awesome thing about it is um, they may be new to us, but they're not new to professional football. And I think that has quickly been revealed through this process with all with how all of those guys communicated and how quickly Quan was able to insert himself into the action today. I like the one term that Mike Tomlin used, the redevelopment of the linebacker. Because remember last year, the linebackers were Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Robert Splane and Mark Robinson. That was that was really your crew. And you could also throw in Marcus Allen. And the group did never contributed to turnovers. They were kind of, you know, mid. They didn't really perform too well. Um, and now, basically, all of those guys are gone except Mark Robinson. And he's just on the second year of his rookie deal. So now you bring in three veterans. And you also bring in some other guys who can try to fight for special team spots. spots. But now you come and bring in three veterans who... Two of them were captains on their teams at one point, Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts. And then you bring in Quan Alexander. And I think you hear Mike Tomlin's point there. They wanted veterans who could plug and play, be part of a system, and know their role and, and get to that role. And I'll also say, in just the, you know, Quan Alexander is like, I'm not here for the seven on seven. I'm here for the physical part. Cole Holcomb has looked very good in in some of the 11 on 11, you know, non-padded uh, scrimmaging that they've done. He broke up a pass to Najee Harris. He had a play where he was covering Connor Hayward well down the field. Kenny Pickett tried to fit a back shoulder while Holcomb didn't get his hand on him. He pinched Connor Hayward to the sideline pretty well and forced him to kind of step out when he made his, made the catch. Cole Holcomb isn't going to be elite coverage man, but I think he's going to be your, your a really decent every down linebacker, maybe the best every down linebacker that the Steelers have since maybe like rookie Devin Bush, because that was the best version of Devin Bush, unfortunately for him. Um, but I, I look at what the Steelers are right now. And the question is, okay, with Quan Alexander, do they need to do anything else? I think right now on paper, no, I think that they are where they are now. Does this complete the defense long term? No, they. I think they still would like would need if they, what would perfectly I think master this team or put this team in a great spot is if they had that supreme playmaker linebacker on their defense. I don't think they have that, but I think they have very good role players at linebacker who can fill their spots the proper way and can allow this that to not be a weakness, a complete liability at the position like it has been in recent years. And if as long as it's just in a, a solidly filled group with depth. 
I think that that allows the rest of the defense that can balance that position so that the rest of the defense can be the supreme playmakers. Where the money is on this defense, Cam Hayward, Ogan Joby, Highsmith, Watt, the front four right there. That's where the money is in a lot of places. Patrick Peterson, Mika Fitzpatrick, those guys can now make their plays, and now they're not going to be in a position where teams can just continue to expose the linebackers, or at least that's what the Steelers are hoping. And if that is the case, I think this defense is top five. They're in, they're in that range. But we have to see how it plays out. The pads haven't gone on yet. They go on Tuesday, as you heard me ask Quan Alexander. I, I think that that's going to be an all telltale sign for what's going to happen here. How physical is the, are, the, are these units against each other when they start going off? And I'm telling you, these guys are ready to hit one another. They've been kind of just being being polite. I was funny. I was joking around with Craig Wolfley, a former Steeler who's, who does all sorts of Steelers media now with the team still. Uh, but when he he was walking along, and I said hi to him. He was like, "Man, these guys want to hit so bad." So Tuesday is going to be crazy. Tuesday Tuesday is going to be a lot of fun. I'll be there as will everyone else. Uh, so do stay tuned if you're like working and you can't and you want to figure out and you want to hear what's going on. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. I tweet all, all throughout practices that I'm at and uh, try to give you guys updates from the cool things that I see that I think that p- people would want to know about. We'll be going over all of that, and I think that. There is a chance that this move has kind of let Omar Khan solidify the defense, and now they can just work on trying to get them better as a unit. But when the pads go on, it's not just the linebackers who are going to be looking at. It's going to be also Broderick Jones in this offensive line, our first chance to get to see this offensive line go up against some real competition. But Broderick Jones has been getting some te- some first-team reps. We talked a little bit about that on our Sunday episode, which was our bonus episode that talked about Quan Alexander. Um, but we got a chance to talk with Broderick Jones on Friday, which did, means it didn't go on the Friday show. So I'm going to I'm gonna play that for you in the second segment. And then we're going to talk about the things that I saw for Broderick Jones because he went up against a few guys like Marcus Golden and Alex Highsmith and it was kind of interesting to see what what, what, I, what I, you know some notes that I put down there we'll go over what I saw there how I feel about him and then also Joy Porter Jr who's also gone through some different different challenges that the Steelers have thrown his way all that here and more on the Lockdown Steelers podcast stay tuned we got a lot more coming your way but first, I want to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, and that's FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in the world, and it's time to take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel Sportsbook, where you can get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets back up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run in the game you watch tonight. All in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our show here uh, talking a lot about Steelers training camp. There are four practices in. They start their fifth practice on Tuesday. They have Monday off, but Tuesday, the pads will go on. The hitting will get started, and we'll be there for all of it. We'll give you an update on the Wednesday episode uh, when that comes. But before we get there, we still got to talk about a lot of things we've been seeing. And I could talk more about Kenny Pickett. I could talk about some other things, but I want to focus on the top two draft picks because they've, they, they're going to be very important to the future of this franchise. 
And I also think that they've had a lot to show in the over the past over the past few days. Now, Broderick Jones started got his first first team rep as far as what we understood because we talked to him about it on Friday. Then Sunday, I think Saturday got a couple more. Sunday, we saw him get a full like day of first team reps. Uh, because Chukumu Okorafor was kind of pulled out, let him have a Veterans Day. Dan Moore Jr. moved to right tackle, and then Broderick Jones was in at left tackle. And he got his first chance to really go up against the first-team defense, because even when he was getting his first-team reps, he was starting to go up against the second-team defense when they were being subbed in. And again, no pads, but still a chance to go up against guys like Alex Highsmith and Marcus Golden, who are going to test him on different techniques. And that's, I think, a very good, important first step in the young guy's career. Here was Broderick Jones when we were talking to him and asking him questions about how that first day went. And this was before he went up against Alex Highsmith. I'll go, I'll talk about how that went, how that went down uh, on uh, when, when they, when they kind of faced off against each other a little bit on Sunday, I'll talk about that after this clip, but listen to Broderick Jones talk about his first experience and uh, what he's been focusing on. Uh, Yeah, that was my first time working first team, like during camp, but you know, we just started. Um, I got a couple reps, you know, nothing major, but, you know, it's always good to just get in with the guys, you know, and just get that 1% better every day. So. Did you know going in today that you were going to get a first-team rep? Man, you never know with coaches. They, they they may tell you just to go in. You can be in the bed up there, they'll tell you to go in. You don't never know when they're going to throw you in, so you just, you know, you just got to always be prepared and, you know, just have that open mind and be ready and go in and and perform to the best of your ability. What were you doing when you got the tap? Hey, go in. Who, who hit the? Who hit you? Tapped you? Let you know. Uh, well, Coach Myers. Coach Myers had told me before. Um, before the period started, he was like, you know, after so and so reps, you know, just go in and get a few reps here and there. So, that's like that's when I know. And then, you know, I just sit there wait, wait on my turn. Is it, is it exciting? It it is. You know, just because the competition level. Uh, you know, I like to compete. So. How do you feel feet versus hands wise as far as where you're most comfortable right now and how your balance is looking? Um I would say I'm pretty balanced in, with it. Um, you know that like I play O line, you know, you can never get too much of that. So, you know, that's like the emphasis every day. But just being able to hone in on those skills and those techniques and you know the things that are important, you know, to the position that I play, which is like hands, feet, you know, good balance, you know, things of that nature. So you know, like every day, you know, I just try and get that 1% better with that. Uh, it's always something I'm, I'm specifically working on that day, either his hands or keeping my feet in the ground or, you know, like the balance, you know, the base, you know, just something I'm always trying to figure out what's going on, you know, what I need to do better and just take it in day by day. What's the key to so you hear a lot of things from Broderick Jones, taking it day by day. Uh, I think a couple of notes there that I thought were cool to hear from him on. One, it wasn't random that he was thrown in because live when we were watching it, Dan Moore Jr. had basically just obviously held Alex Highsmith on the play. And like it was like so obvious to everyone. And then two plays later, Broderick Jones went in. So there was the possible in my mind, I was like, mm, was he just thrown in because Dan Moore Jr. just got the boot for basically holding there? Uh, but no, it was planned. Pat Meyer, uh, Mike Tom, like the Steelers coaching staff, they 
where they were wanting to throw him in there. But this is what they've wanted to do. They've wanted to eke him in there. Pat Myers said before training camp even started back in back in the OTAs and minicamp that listen, we didn't draft this guy to sit him on the bench. We want him to start, but he's not. They're not just going to give it to him. He's got to go earn it. Um, and so they've given him some chances to start proving himself and just get a feel for you know how to get into your drop step, how to kind of find your feet, you know, and then also use your hands. And as you heard, Broderick Jones is he's kind of working on on a good balance there. Uh, but we got to see some reps of him uh, against Marcus Golden on the first day. Like he looked kind of solid, didn't look like he was being overpowered. Uh, there were some times though against Alex Highsmith that he was uh, not overpowered, but just completely you know outplayed, which is gonna happen. You want. Alex Highsmith to be able to win that matchup because he's going up against a rookie. Um, but Alex, the, Alex Highsmith, like there was one, there was like a couple set, there was a set of reps that they had against each other where Alex Highsmith just used a little ghost dip move. Now, if you don't know what that means, basically it's like you kind of show your shoulder. Uh, if you're an edge rusher, so say like, you know, this is the, sh- the shoulder that's closest to the guy, you kind of show it. And then as soon as they punch, you kind of dip under their hands. And then that allows you to get a free look. And then basically they have no control over you and you can establish leverage. He did that to Broderick Jones, and it would have. And if that was a live game, he would have crushed Kenny Pickett. It was. It would have been a sack. It might have been maybe a fumble. That that's a that's a really good Alex Highsmith move. It's also a move, by the way, that Nick Herbig has now added to his arsenal, and he said he specifically learned that from T.J. Watt. We'll talk more about that on another episode sometime. But that was a really cool conversation that we had with Nick Herbig that he's already picking up some T.J. Watt pass rush moves. But um, Alex Highsmith did, did that. Then on the next play. He kind of goes for a little bit different of a move and Broderick Jones does not look phased by it. And he reacts to it, kind of gets him, stands him up and it was solid. And I was like, okay. And there were still other times Alex Highsmith beat him and then he kind of bounced back. But the biggest thing I wanted to see from, from Broderick Jones was when he lost a rep, how did he handle it? How did he bounce back from it? Did he let it lead to more mistakes? Did he kind of did he start cascading into more failures and things like that? And it didn't really seem that way. He kept his head. He kind of understood, like, hey, I'm go, I'm a rookie. I'm going through this process. There's going to be these learning these learning episodes. Uh, and he kind of stood up for himself a little bit, and that's good. And he not stood up for himself in a like in kind of a way like, oh, you will not beat me. It's just he's trying and he's showing some of his natural skills as he's adapting to the game at the NFL's pace, and he's looking solid. I think for the most part, you know, again, for a rookie, you're going to get beat a lot. Again, when Dan Moore Jr. went up against Alex Highsmith, and this was just year two Alex Highsmith, by the way, not even year four Alex Highsmith, like like Broderick Jones is going up against now. But he was getting Dan Moore was getting ragdolled. It was just ugly. He was he couldn't. I mean, he was never getting his get back the way Broderick Jones it kind of is in these reps. And to me, that's sign a good sign of him. Now, here's the thing. No, not really. It's like, like one part of the Mike Tomlin press conference on Sunday was pretty funny. Brian Batko, our partner over at the Post Pittsburgh Post Gazette. By the way, check out the North Shore Drive podcast I do with the Post Gazette. We talk more about this there um, on the on the Monday episode. But, um, uh, but when we when he, we asked him about, about Broderick Jones and Brian was kind of like, so I'm gonna I want to ask you about Broderick Jones, but should I hold that question for Tuesday? And Mike Tomlin was just like, yes, and he kind of just smiled and laughed because he's like he's he's like yeah, like any question we have for Broderick Jones right now, he's like, tell let me I'll tell you when I see the guy the kid in pads and. Because ultimately, like a lot of the the linemen work right now and, and the stuff against the guys in the defensive front, it's just positioning. It's making sure you get your hands in the right place, make sure your feet in the right place, make sure your eyes are in the right place. That's also very important, knowing where to look for certain pass rushers and stuff. Um, so you don't get a really full sense of what guys are doing, but that's just part of, hey, you're just running through and getting to think, getting certain things down. And I think Broderick Jones is doing that part of it. Now, the question will be when the pads go on, 
How does he look then? I think that that's one of the more exciting points of what's going to happen on Tuesday, as well as other things like the linebackers getting in there. I think we'll finally get to see this offensive line, you know, show can they be better in the run game? Can they open up more space for Najee Harris and Jalen Warren to kind of assert themselves? All those types of things will be things that we watch for on Tuesday. But something that we have been able to see a little bit more of that doesn't necessarily require pads. Still, you want to see full football pads and everything uh, to, to see a full evaluation of it. But we've seen Joey Porter Jr. go up against literally every wide receiver on the Steelers roster. I mean, everyone from Deontay Johnson to Cody White, like all the way down the depth chart. He's had reps against guys. I want to talk about how he's done, how he's responded to different things and how the players have responded to him in their challenges. I think it's a very interesting talking point. We'll also have a clip from Mike Tomlin when I asked him about those challenges here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We continue our episode here going over the first four practices of training camp. I want to talk a little bit about Joey Porter Jr. Now, if you are uh, if you consume all the different platforms that I'm on, you might have heard me talk a little bit about this on the WPXI Final Word with Channel 11, where we do with Jenna Harner on the Sunday, uh, Sunday night episode uh, over there on WPXI. And that's about Joey Porter Jr. and how the Steelers are literally throwing everything at him. And I mean Everything he's had to cover everyone from uh, Deontay Johnson to George Pickens to Allen Robinson to Calvin Austin to Gunnar Olszewski to Miles Boykin. If you are a receiver, Joey Porter Jr. has covered you at some point. And that doesn't happen for everybody, but I think it's because they are putting him through the ringer. They're seeing how he responds to different challenges. They want to see how he thinks against different wide receivers, because one of the things that you need to be able to do as a corner is you need to be able to quick, quick study, you need to be able to study how receivers are trying to attack you and be able to adjust to the different styles. For example, Calvin Austin is a burner. He's going to try and get behind you. And if he gets even gets even with you, you're in a lot of trouble because you're going to need to be able to uh, he's going to have a lot of speed on once he gets to that step and you're going to need to be really fast yourself to keep up with him. Uh, meanwhile, Allen Robinson might try to just find a, a leverage point so that he can win a possession catch with you. Deontay Johnson, one of the best route runners in the NFL, he's going to find different ways to try to get you in to take advantage of your false steps. Uh, now, a false step is basically when when you're a cornerback, every step counts. So when you're in your back pedal or you're working in, working into your position, a false step is kind of a step that you didn't necessarily need. You just kind of just took it, which you can kind of do more in college. And Joey Porter did a lot more in college. But when you take a false step in the NFL, those are steps that the receivers can gain ground on you, get leverage, kind of set you up for one of those moves. And that's one thing that cornerbacks like Patrick Peterson don't take as many because they've trained so well to not have those. And Joey Porter Jr. still does. It's a natural part of being a rookie. Um, but in going up against these guys, Joey Porter Jr. has had good reps and bad reps. And uh, I, I think he's been fine in them. Uh, for example, uh, there was a, there was an 11-on-11 period where he went up against Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin tried to run a deep ball on him, and Kenny Pickett put it in a good place where Calvin Austin could go up for it, but Joey Porter Jr., was running with him, turned, found the ball, knocked it down, incomplete pass. Two plays later, he's lined up with Deontay Johnson, and he tries to he tries to keep inside leverage. Deontay Johnson kind of does a fake move to the inside, and it backs Joey Porter Jr. off just enough. And as soon as he does it, as soon as he he like he recognizes, oh, he got me. Johnson's open, Pickett hits him, easy like 15-yard completion, and you see Joey Porter Jr. just go like, oh, I can't believe I fell for that. And Johnson was like, yeah, you know, I got you a little bit there. But 
it was also kind of like a respect thing because and I think this is what's really cool about the Joey Porter Jr. dynamic with the Steelers is that he's like we, we talked about over the weekend. There was at one point he went up against George Pickens and again, no pads, but George, George Pickens just straight up ran him over. Like there was a route where he was trying to press him and George Pickens was like, move rookie. And he just kind of like, like kind of ran over him. But Joey Porter Jr. isn't taking it personal. I think that when he loses a rep, he just kind of pays his pays his respects. He's there. He's a rookie. He knows the deal. And he gets back out there and he tries his hardest. And you could kind of see that kind of respect from him from the offensive side. And when he does make does make a play, you see a lot of people, even some of the offense players, like, okay, Porter, we see you. And there was a rep during seven shots yesterday. By the way, the defense has won two of the three seven shots that have been gone so far. They didn't do a seven shots on the first day of practice, but the offense won five to two. The, 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 the first seven shots was on the second practice, and the defense has won the last two. But I will say this. On uh, Sunday's practice with seven shots, Kenny Pickett went three of four in his in his attempts. Looked pretty solid. I think he's getting sharper out there. Mason Rudolph went zero for three on on Sunday. He did not look as sharp. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has been fine. Has actually kind of done well as well. I think the Steelers' backup quarter, quarterback situation is fine. Um, but back to Joey Porter Jr. There was a rep on seven shots uh, on Sunday when he was going up against Deontay Johnson and. That was Pickett's first look. Like I remember this play, and I think Pickett ended up rolling to his left and hitting. I think it was Gentry for for a uh, for a score on this on this rep. But his first look was right over to Deontay, and against Porter, it was just them by themselves at on, on the sideline heading into the end zone. And Johnson tried to move, and Porter reacted to it and held his leverage. He didn't bite on on Johnson's fake move. And you see Johnson kind of like, oh, you you were ready for that one. Him and Porter had a kind of a laugh. Meanwhile, Pickett just sees that, and he just goes the other way, tries to make a play. But that moment right there was a good sign of like, Porter did a good job of using his hands, using his feet, not not getting caught up in what Johnson was trying to setting up for and being in position. And I think that's something that Patrick Peterson is helping coach him. Patrick Peterson didn't practice on Sunday, but purely from a veteran standpoint, he was there. He had his hat on um, and he was kind of just like coaching uh, Joey Porter Jr. through the different things and saying like, Hey, this is how you're, you're how you're going to work leverage in the NFL. Because remember, that's kind of the biggest thing he needs to adjust to. He was very physical in college. And a lot of things that he did in college are going to get him flagged in the NFL for defensive pass interference or defensive holding. He's kind of working that part out of his game. And there's sometimes where I think he does a good job at it. Like he's like on that rep with the, with the, with the, uh, uh, with the seven shots, he kind of, you know, walled off and Deontay Johnson maintained leverage and looked pretty solid there. Uh, and Johnson, again, paid him his respects. And it was kind of just like, and he wasn't bragging. He was just kind of like, hey, hey, man, you're tough. Like, you're you're pretty quick, man. Like, it's tough to keep up with you. But, like, you know, I'm out here trying. And so there's that level of respect that I think that everyone's kind of giving Joey Porter Jr. Like, hey, the rook, at least for the first four practices, kind of holding his own not freaking out not looking like the this is too big for him but also not feeling like he's the man he was the the second round pick he is he, his dad was a superstar on the team he's not using that as like a, i'm you know i i run this place i know this place i don't need to to show you guys anything more he is coming humble he's coming hungry and they're enjoying that and uh, i asked mike tomlin about how joy porter's taken on facing all the different receivers he's faced. Cause it, like I said, it wasn't just Johnson. He's faced everybody, but here was Mike Tom. When I asked him that question about how Joey Porter jr. Has taken on the challenges they've thrown at him. You've seen Joey Porter jr. Get a lot of reps against all the different te- teams. How have you seen him take on just the challenges? Uh, he's ready and able. Um, I like his attitude. I like his preparation in terms of his condition and, and physical readiness. And we'll con- continue every day with, with the maturation process by stepping out and competing. 
And see, to me, right there, he's like he was ready and able. Joy Porter Jr. did not come to camp with any with any problems. He knew exactly what to do. And part of this, I think, was having his dad, who not only played for the Steelers, but also coached under Mike Tomlin. And so he knew what he needed to be in shape for at, at, when he came to training camp. And not only is he in shape, but I think that he has the base understandings of what he needs to do as a player uh, to be ready for, uh, for, for, for training camp. And he's at least in the first week done that part and again like i was saying with broderick jones when he loses a rep you don't ever see him put his head down and be like oh i stink and he loses his confidence and then he he commits more mistakes and that compounds on each other those are things that sometimes happen and you start to worry like okay can the rookie bounce out of it but he hasn't done that he's kind of responded positively now again things change when the pads go on because then everyone can be physical you take a little bit more hits you give a little bit more hits and then there's also a little bit more fiery tempers and everything and then there's also when you start playing other teams but as far as what we can evaluate right now i think joey porter jr is handling himself very well when it comes to how he's taking on each challenge and responding to wins and losses in those challenges when it's when it's when it's training these training camp practices uh so good signs all around for him and similarly with broderick jones which is very important for the top two draft picks from this past year who could end up being pillars for the future progression of this team. Joey Porter Jr., they want him to not just be a, a, a top cornerback eventually for the Steelers, but a leader for the Steelers with the way that he the way that he carries himself. The same thing for Broderick Jones. They want him to be a premier offensive tackle. It's still way too early to tell if either of those guys will get to that level or any level. Uh, but as far as what we're able to evaluate, and that's what we do on this show, we don't try to say, oh, well, we saw these guys one time. They're definitely going to the Super Bowl or they're definitely going to be Hall of Fame, All-American, whatever. You, you get my point, but we try to deal with the details here. We try to stay focused so that you can understand what, when we do start to see the big things, the bigger moments that lead to like, okay, that we understand, you know, why, how they got there. You understood every part of their journey to get to that point. Like for example, when Kenny Pickett was making some of the, the touchdown throws at the end of the games last year, we talked through all throughout the year about his progression from when he was terrible when he first started camp to how he started to get a little bit better. And then he was struggling when he first started when he got his starts and then how he made his progress to where he was last year. And now how he's made his progress to where we've seen him this year. It's the same thing with everybody. I try to treat every player fair, give fair evaluations. That's how I try to operate. And I hope that that's something that you guys appreciate as you listen to the lockdown Steelers podcast or watch us. So we'll continue continue our evaluations here we're going to take another day to kind of go over all the things because there's 90 players at these camps so there's a lot of things to talk about there's a lot of different aspects to cover a lot of players that we've talked to or heard from i'm going to get to more of those on the tuesday episode here on the locked on steelers podcast uh so do do stick with us for that we've got a lot to talk about there and we'll get you ready for the first day of pads at saint vincent college when that takes on tuesday uh, and we'll talk more about that on the wednesday episode thanks to everybody for checking out the locked on steelers podcast i'm your host chris carter follow me on twitter and instagram at carter critiques uh read my work at the pittsburgh post gazette where you can find Find uh, me covering the University of Pittsburgh sports on football camp, which their camp starts on Wednesday. We'll start to talk to people there, and we'll, Noah Howes and I will <clears throat> be writing about that uh, for the Post-Gazette. You can also find me on the Locked on Steelers podcast Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes like we had this weekend on Quan Alexander on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Thanks again for checking us out. I'll be back Tuesday with more talk on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast.